Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Marshall, I, I do want to say, uh, for those on video, that we are recording this on a different day from the past episode, but I am wearing the same shirt, and I, it may be that you are too. I'm not sure. It's like... I've worn the same shirt for 108 episodes. <laughs> Have you really? Holy <laughs> shirt I keep in my office. So yeah, so the only time it wasn't this shirt was when uh, when we did it when I was either in a hotel room, which I think was once, or when we did the joint uh, live, the, yeah. the, the live together, and I didn't have this particular shirt handy at that moment. Uh, but yeah, no, this is this is the office wow. uh, virtual shirt. Well, there shows my amazing ability to pay attention to detail. Um, I had not even noticed that. Oh, yeah. So, wow. yeah. All right. So, revelations. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm just going to my minimalist movement that you really can, <laughs> you know, go two years wearing the same shirt. Nobody will ever say anything. You know, uh, Steve Jobs had the turtlenecks made by, is it Izzy Miyaki? I think is the Japanese designer's name. And when I saw that in the biography, I was like, I know who that is because the Pet Shop Boys recorded a song featuring a puffy vest he had made. I think it was a puffy vest. I was like, I'm cool. I know what that is. So, yeah. So I was thinking Steve bought those off the rack, but apparently. Absolutely. Yeah. No. He bought them custom made is what he did. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, it's like this shirt. This is custom made by Jacques Pinet. You know, they make my finer quality Stafford shirts. Thought you got that at Target. I'm sorry. I'm no, no, no. They, these are probably discontinued. This is probably at a vintage shop. This would bring big, big dollars. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. Hey. All right. So talking about, uh, we kind of set this up last time with the yeah. survey where people said managers avoid difficult and truthful conversations. And it was like 60% uh, said this was one of the reasons they don't engage, they don't coach more frequently. Right. So, so we were like, there must be a tool, there must be a tomb that, 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 that's going to enlighten us on this. And we found crucial conversations. Double. Yeah. And yeah. So, uh, go ahead. I, I just, I will probably wrap up with a, with a little bit of our heartfelt uh, appreciation for how important this book is or the, the concepts in this book are uh but yeah this is just a this is just a phenomenal book it's it's dense with a lot of practical advice it's got some big concepts but it's really practical and that's what we kind of want to uh, uh bring bring to light over the next uh we're gonna say what uh seven episodes maybe yeah yeah seven, seven or eight something seven like that eight. yeah the uh so so I'm really glad that you said the book was dense <laughs> because as I read it, I felt like I was dense. So, so yeah, I'm like, okay, maybe it wasn't me. Maybe this book is just packed with so much good stuff that yeah, a, a few, a few run throughs is required in order to make sense of it. Or you can have the benefit of knowing two guys uh, that have a podcast uh, that are willing to break it down into easy bites. You're in the right place. And I say that to all our listeners, both of you. Oh, nice. Nice. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate so, that comedic beat. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. You've helped me tremendously. We talked about that. 
the uh, all right. So we started off. Uh, we ended our last podcast uh, with this quote. We'll start again, and the the sentence is, and it, this just is so powerful. It says, "The health of an organization can be measured by the average amount of time between when an issue is identified and when an issue is discussed." Right. Uh, and and how many times have we parachuted into organizations where literally it's been 10 years in some cases in between the event and when we show up and it's still a burr under the saddle just festering still causing problems even for people that maybe aren't even a part of that initial um uh you know negative event um it's still uh you know got traction and momentum uh you know sort of spreading negativity uh in an organization so yeah we've seen it live and in person Oh yeah, it's the uh, the Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah, a hundred years later, we're still shooting at each other. We don't know. Nobody was around for the initial fight, and nobody remembers what the fight was about. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. You know, so yeah, at some point they didn't have the crucial conversation. Yeah. And so one of the things that the, that the book does a nice job of saying, okay, so what is, you know is is not every conversation crucial? The book right. says no. <laughs> No, some of them aren't. And so they define it. There's three different ways they define a crucial conversation. So when there's strongly opposing views, yep. uh, which in this day and age in our society, everybody's diametrically opposed on every issue. Right. So, <laughs> Polarized. Yeah. So yeah, we, we should have more crucial conversations just in general. When the stakes are high, yeah. Uh, you know, like in our world, somebody could lose their job, somebody could quit, somebody could, uh, you know, uh, be, you know, uh, have the opportunity to maybe not do what they do anymore. It, it could be very, the, the stakes are high. Yep. Somebody's asking for a raise, maybe you're asking for a raise. So high stakes. The third one is when there are strong emotions. Yeah. So that I know the person that, that I'm going to deal with, or maybe even inside of me, I feel incredibly passionate about this, and and that passion could come through in a, in a way that would be detrimental to the conversation, or the person on the other side uh, of the conversation. You know that they have strong emotions, and you worry about how you will deal with those emotions should they come out during the crucial conversation. Yeah, and I appreciate you reviewing all three of those because, as you pointed out, in our day and age, uh, the opposing views are really opposed. And most of us are not really um, trained or haven't uh, reached the emotional maturity to really deal with the negative. So when there's pushback of any kind, it can cause some of your employees to absolutely just uh, quit. I mean, literally, they, they just bail. Um, I, I uh, was talking uh, with some uh, relatively new hires uh, who are, are doing a great job. Um, for a client and um, they had they had received some negative feedback and it was very minor negative feedback, but they were like, I think I'm done. I'm gonna go work at XYZ, um, like, like switching careers, you know? Uh, so having this conversation, um, even though it might not seem crucial to you in the moment for that other person, the emotions may be so high that this is indeed a life altering conversation. It's oh. a big deal. Yeah, we hear this all the time that the the you know, you know the this younger generation seems to be more fragile. Uh, yeah, they seem to get their feelings hurt more easily. They haven't had to endure 
uh, tough or, 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 or negative, con you know, conversations or feedback. And so, um, yeah, if we're going to get better at dealing with which is going to be the largest group of, of people in the workplace and people that are going to be customers, uh, there's an opportunity here to get better at this. And, and whether or not you're in that generation, uh, every human being on the planet would appreciate having somebody approach a conversation that's, that's high stakes, has strong emotions or viewpoints in a, in a manner that was more effective. Uh, yeah, that's probably a universal want, a universal need. I 100% agree. And I, I think we have to talk a little bit about how some of those other generations typically have these conversations um, because uh, the book talks about silence and violence. And we'll, we'll get to that in a future episode, but just the idea of, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to aggressively argue my point. I might yell, I might threaten, I might belittle, right? That's violence. And on the flip side, silence. I'm just not even going to talk to you about this. I'm, you know, or I'm going to sugarcoat it. I'm never going to really deal with the elephant in the room. I'm just going to go around it and avoid it. That's the way a lot of uh, folks who are quote unquote fragile um, had all of their crucial conversations uh, growing up. How they were, you know, socialized in the workplace when they started. And so um, I'm, I'm going to be pretty, uh, pretty gentle with uh, Gens Y and Z. Uh, because I'm not sure that we're doing this very well as a culture. And uh, this book is an opportunity to change the game, absolutely change the game. Well, we've made a, we've made a sport of it in this day and age, yeah. uh, and we've named it. And so on social media, I would call it trolling. Yep. Uh, so you have a strong viewpoint. I'm going to troll you, which is violence. And then yep. I'm going to click out of the conversation. So, yep. so I've said my piece nothing else left to be said here and then i click out of it and so uh then i give you the silent treatment so so okay since you said that th this is something i wanted to bring into the conversation and i'm i'm going to try to as always not geek out as i give you this but the the idea of you know sort of um we, we use the phrase rhetoric now we, we talk about rhetoric from a politician right um you know uh, the, all that rhetoric that's not rhetoric in, in the in the classical original sense of the word rhetoric was a beautiful thing rhetoric was me identifying the means of persuasion and the way i heard it put recently was um that I, i'm going to persuade you but only for your good and mine because we're in community together so so real rhetoric is let's have a decision made in community mm -hmm. hey that's something everybody wants to be a part of, right? Instead of just being told what to do or have points scored on you online or you know whatever it looks like in trolling. Um, so so that is rhetoric, and and that's that's really what this is about. But the funny thing is that rhetoric was one of three language arts, these liberal arts that the the ancients had that was you know basically what you needed to know and 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 have skill to do to be a free person, you know, not a slave not a slave to a politician's uh, fancy words, right? They, back then they called it sophistry. Uh, somebody, you know, really just looking to manipulate. If you're going to escape all of that, you needed the other liberal arts uh, in language, which was grammar and dialectic. Well, guess what? Grammar is simply decoding meaning. That's what this book is about. This book is about, uh, you know, getting a, a shared pool of meaning about what's really going on. You and I both aware of what's going on. And 
dialectic, which is dialogue, wrestling to the truth in a, in a hard conversation, but, but wrestling down to what's really true about what's going on. So all of this is very exciting to me because I realize that we're just now getting back to the way that it used to be done, you know, uh, hundreds of years ago, in, in some cases, thousands of years ago, we knew how to have these kinds of conversations and do them, frankly, from the front of the, uh, you know, the, the Senate building. And uh, now we, you know, we just score points and, and uh, you know, avoid meaningful dialogue. Well, this book is about getting back into that really uncomfortable thing of meaning, meaningful dialogue. Oh, yeah. And I'm both excited and terribly depressed. So uh, I'm excited. <laughs> that, 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 I, I'm excited that we have this wonderful tool to share. I'm incredibly depressed that it's not new. That, yeah, right. <laughs> this is just a repackaging of some ancient Greek stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, and you know, the, and and I'm sure other cultures have their own version, but the Western tradition really, you know, this is rhetoric or dialectic was like the capstone of of what you were trying to get to in in terms of the language arts. Everybody learned grammar early on, but like one of those two, as as the years and the centuries went on, was the big deal. You know, this this was this was the big deal. So we're getting getting back to it. Well, I'm glad we're dragging all of 21st century man back to this because we have completely lost this as a, as a, as a way of conversation, as a way of dealing with issues, as a way of just being, uh, yep. you know, just blame them, uh, you know, and just, uh, yeah, it's, it's not working. So this is incredibly helpful for life and work. Uh, so let's, let's dive into it. So the, 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 there's an interesting thing here that there's, there's four steps to think through for yourself before you right. ever have the conversation. And right. for, for those of you who shoot from the hip, you know, go mm. with your gut, this is gonna be a little uncomfortable uh, because before you ever sit down and have one of these crucial conversations, you need to discover what's going on inside of you. And so uh, before you have the crucial conversations, the, the first of the four things that you wanna do is what the book calls start uh, with the heart and uh you know and i think more importantly or most importantly start with your heart right. <laughs> so 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 yeah we'll, we'll 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 branch out but but yeah the 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 basic overarching concept here is why are you preparing to have this conversation why is this important enough to talk about um and then it walks us through three things that, that to think about here. What do you really want for yourself? What do you really want for the other person? And what do you really want for the relationship? Or I would even add organization. So, so what do you want for yourself out of this conversation? What do you want for, for, for them? What do you want for your, you know, for the world around you? Uh, and, and by answering those questions, uh, you get to the heart of what makes this a worthwhile expenditure of time and emotional energy. Yeah, what's what's really at the core here of, of why this needs to happen. Um, and and there's, a, there's a funny thing here because I think sometimes when you go through that thought process, I've had this happen a, a couple times uh, recently that I've been thinking about. I had a, a manager go through this process of thinking through you know, this, uh, you know, this, this desire to really tell off the daughter of the owner of the organization. 
and um and he knew how to do it he was good at it he was he was really good at it and uh in the course of talking you know he i, I left him thinking about some things and when i came back the next month he said you know what uh, this has been going on for for uh, almost a year and um i thought about you know what do i really want and and the honest truth is i just i wanted an apology she hurt my feelings and you know what i've decided that's kind of dumb and it's not that big a deal she doesn't even know what she's done and you know what moving on so and and it was over like he there was no crucial conversation to have because he realized that when he started with the heart of the whole issue it was just a little bit of uh ruffled feathers on his part and he was ready to just say you know what i'm at peace i, I can be at peace and and move on from this and not have this conversation because it's not that big a deal done oh yeah yeah no i i think that's amazing and 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 i, I hadn't thought of that way yeah i may I may come to the realization that, yeah, this is this is more about me than them, and it's not a conversation that's worth having. And, and so, but by stopping to think, right, like this initial phase, all right. So, what do I want for myself? I want an apology. What do I want from them? Nothing. I can't demand somebody be sorry. Right. <laughs> so, so, and it's gone and over. It's no longer impacting the organization. I should just move on. Yeah, that's a, a wonderful place to, to get to. I'll tell you, another version of that is, you know, what do I, what do I, what do I want for the other person? I, I had somebody think this through with me recently where there was a board of directors and a management team and some employees, and um, she had been affected by the board of directors' decision, but really it was between the board and management that was where the crucial conversation needed to happen. And so she thought about what do I want for myself? Well, for what do I want for the other people? Gosh, really, it's I want something for them that they're going to have to work out. So I, I don't have a role here right now. Um, it's 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 not my place to to go there. So, again, she decided not to have the conversation. It takes a lot of maturity to, to get to that. But usually it's because you've thought it through. That's where the maturity comes from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I had a, a manager and. And they were going to have the, um, it's the worst. It's the one that no manager wants to have. Oh, wait a minute. Let me guess. Body odor. Oh, you guessed it. Yes. <laughs> How often do we get the, hey, I got to talk to Bobby. He smells. And, you know, and, and so you ask you, all right, so, so what do you want for yourself out of this? You know, I want fresher air in my workspace. Oh. You know, what do you want from the other person? Well, usually this is this is a a symptom, right? It's just a symptom of something bigger that's going on. So, so I, I want them to be accepted in the workplace. I want them to be embraced by the the rest of the team. What do you want for the organization? I want this to quit being a distraction, so we can focus on what's important. Yeah. Oh man, those are like three really good reasons to have a really crucial conversation that could be fraught with. Yeah, high emotions, high stakes. Uh, you know, if I embarrass them, they might leave, and I don't want them to. They're a good, right. good team member, good producer. Um, we may have opposing views on what constitutes the bo. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this one is yeah, it's got all the good stuff all rolled into one. Uh, and it seems like every manager I've ever worked with at some point has had to have that one. Yeah, I've had to have that conversation. You know. Um... And not with a family member, just to clarify, but, you know, in, in the workplace, 
Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. But here's the thing. I, I love how this book says, what do you want for the relationship? Because in almost every circumstance, you want there to be a relationship. Yes. If you really care about these people, right, you would say something, right? If, if you really wanted them to last in the, in the organization and have a career uh, there, you would want to, even if it hurts, give them some bad news so that they can make some adjustments uh, to, to excel. I, I'll give you another example. Um, I had a couple managers where one realized that the other had violated trust. Um, and both of them were moving up in the organization um, and they were friends. And the one realized like, he's, he's screwing me over. He's, he's, this is not good. Like this is, this is immoral, unethical. And um, he's violating trust with me and others. And the, and the more we talked about it, you know, he, the, initially he wanted to go have a, either a confrontation and tell the guy off, you know, hey, you, you know, get your act together and da, da, da. Uh, or I'm not even going to bring it up. You know, we're just going to let the chips fall where they may. And I'm going to, okay, that's violence and silence, right? But as we talked, he said, you know, I love the guy. This is going to ruin his career if people realize this is his behavior pattern. And um, for his sake, I've got to have this conversation. It's going to be super uncomfortable, but I've got to go uh, let him know that he is shooting himself in the foot, um, let alone shooting my foot. Mm -hmm. So you know, by the time he got to the end of it, it was like the relationship became more important. And just imagine how much of a different conversation that's going to be, right? Instead of instead of pulling somebody aside and saying, you're a crook, you have you know the stinkiest body known to man, you're saying, hey, I care about you. I want you to succeed here. I think there's something going on that you're going to need to address that's going to affect your your long-term success here and I, I want to be your friend so uh you know we've we've mentioned it before the proverb uh, faithful are the wounds of a friend mm -hmm. you know a, a good friend is going to have a cutting dialogue like this oh yeah 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 the the axiom that yeah a good friend will tell you what you want to hear a great friend will tell you what you need to hear yeah love that and, and so so yeah and same with a, a leader a boss a coach yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you best served by, by hearing the platitudes? Or are you best served by, you know, best served by hearing the truth? Yeah. And, and the, the whole book is, is can we have a truthful conversation, but do it in a manner uh, that is constructive and that is effective. And that gets us to a, to a, as the book calls it a mutual purpose. Can we get to a, a yeah. place where we, we both get what we need out of this conversation and we're both better because we had the conversation. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up the mutual purpose because the other thing that's interesting about this, this whole idea of start with the heart is um, that, uh, and this is sort of maybe wetting the appetite for our future next couple of episodes. There's a sucker's choice here. Don't take the sucker's choice, the book says. And the idea is that, you know, this, I win or you win. Those are the only options, right? Uh, a or B. You know, either either I get my way or you get your way. Well, maybe um, start with the heart, get to the heart of what it is you really want and what you really want for them. And then, uh, like I said, we've got some steps coming to help you sort out what's really going on in the situation. I bet you that beyond choice A and choice B, there might be C, D, 
E, F, there might even be G, H, and I. And you're not going to figure that out unless you open your mind up a little bit and say, okay, let's let's just explore this. Let's do some learning. So start with the heart. It's a, oh, yeah. it's a great place to get this going. No, I think it's great. And we were talking earlier about the, the practical application of this and that well, and that uh, I was talking with uh, with a manager and he was getting ready to have a crucial conversation and we were we were walking through you know how the how this would to be approached and what you know different options we had for this conversation and I think my uh, my coaching on that was good uh, I think yeah. it could have been so much better had I had I internalized what uh, what's going on here as far as the steps to this go oh, right. And, and like we've always talked about, a model gives you a way to visualize where you're at and what, what could be done next and, and do it in a systematic fashion. So, so yeah. most of us are, you know, we're good at this uh, or, or we, we, we do well at it, but we could be so much better whether we're coaching somebody through it or we're getting ready to, to, to have one of these conversations ourselves. Um, and so the, the last thing to think about is it's not always me coaching somebody else it could be there's something mm. that i want for myself and, and mm. the, the easiest example i can think of is is that we hear most frequently is i need to ask for a raise yeah <laughs> right. yeah i want i think i you know i'm more valuable to the company and i'd like to get reimbursed for that value and we talk to managers and team members all the time and they're like i have no idea how Can't to do it have yeah. this conversation and so so here's something that that's that's personal. I'm not trying to get somebody else to change. I, I'm trying to 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 get something better for myself, uh, and figuring out okay, yeah, what would be in it for me? What would be in it for them? And what would be in it for the organization? Love that. And thinking it through first. So so whether you're coaching somebody and they're getting ready to do it, or you're getting ready to 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 have a kind of a, an intervention type of conversation where we've got to you know change a behavior or it's something that you strongly desire this thing works for for any of those three situations 100% and um, we're excited to see uh, where this goes for folks uh, I know a lot of people have been asking actually for this uh, content um, not knowing about the book but this is something that's that's come up for a number of our clients so it's going to be great you know you know who I uh, think often about my long-term relationship with? Um, your Purdy's Coffee Place? <laughs> well, well, that. <laughs> okay. And, and a gentleman named John Wolf. Oh. Just, uh, you know, he, he's just, uh, uh, the fact that we have a long-term relationship with him is the reason that he was willing to give us such a professional uh, voiceover uh, treatment to the end of our episodes so i just want to acknowledge that that i'm glad i stayed in relationship with them all these years not just because of the voiceovers but boy isn't that proof in the pudding so he's probably the best disembodied voiceover person that i have in my life <laughs> so well let's hear what he's got to say and that's it join us next time when you'll hear mike say well i'm sure he'll say something pithy don't miss it next time it doesn't take a genius